Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. You know, at the beginning of that song, I know, I know some of you just want to just get all in there. Come on, you know you would. Amen. Hallelujah. Isn't it good to be in the house of God? Amen. Go ahead and greet your neighbor. Go ahead and have a seat this evening in the presence of God. Amen. Like my two-year-old granddaughter says, we're going to church. I love when they got that little trying to grab their words, and it, it, it's, just a, it's just a beautiful thing. Amen. Well, I got the, the privilege of, uh, tonight to minister. How many, how many uh, man, the, these months are going by so quickly? Gosh, we're already in December. We're getting ready for conference in January. Amen. How many are ready? Amen. We just went through three conferences, simultaneously three, in Northern, Central, and Southern California. Man, it was amazing. But you know what? How many know that we got to keep moving, that we need to keep going forward, keep attacking, don't let up. And I believe that this season is a season where we are going to start regrouping and starting reinforcing what God has taught us. Tonight, I want to minister, and I title it, Through the Valley. Psalm 23, if you have it, your Bible, turn there. You know, I've often used this scripture um, when doing uh, funerals. Um, today, I, got, I had plans this morning to get up early to go visit. I, 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 I had a, a very good friend of mine, his parents, they were elders uh, in, our, in our tribe, and... Um, Lovely couple, married 73 years, and he was 90. He passed away last year, went home to be with the Lord in January, and she was a woman of faith, and, you know, a, a while back, the daughter texted me and said that her mother was placed on hospice, and uh, I went to go visit her, and I went to have communion with her, because she had always asked me, when you come, I'd like you to do communion with me. And we did communion. It was, a, it was a blessing. She made me smile so, so huge because I, I give her, you know, the one that we have. I gave her the little uh, wafer and then I gave her the juice and she, her eyes opened up. She goes, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, okay, let's get back to <laughs> But, you know, Psalms 23, I mean, how? L- let's read this first. Psalms 23, verse 4. It says, yay. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this evening. Father, I thank you for your church, Father God. 
Father, I pray that tonight, Lord God, that your word, Father God, would just, just grab a hold of us, Father God. Father, that your word is powerful, God. The truth, Lord God, will set captive free, Father God. Those here this evening, those who are tuned in to watch us tonight, Father, I pray, God, that you would just prepare their hearts, Lord. And, Father, that your word do the glorious work that it does. Father, we thank you. We give you glory and honor tonight in your glorious son's name. Amen. Amen. See, there's one thing that we can be sure of everyone here, if you've had any length of time in walking with God, is that you know that when you are at some crossroads in your walk, that you are forced and face difficult moments in your life. We will all experience valley moments in our walk with God. But one thing that we could know for sure is that God knows what he's doing. We have a, 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 after a length of time, we get to understand what God is trying to speak to us and, and how he's trying to direct our walk. And every one of us here are going to go through valley experiences. David was a mighty man of God. And when you read the Psalms and you read the, some of the things that David had gone through, good and bad, you will come to the determination that David knew what valley experiences were. In fact, these are the valley experiences are part of our Christian walk. Every time we go through these valley experiences, we tend to wonder why God allows us to go through them. How many here have ever wondered why? Ever, ever, ever questioned and, you know what, God, I'm doing everything right. Going to church, I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm trying to be the, the, the disciple that you want me to be, uh, the husband that you want me to be, the, the father. I'm doing everything right, God, but why is it that I'm going through this? And you could almost feel like, God, I, I feel alone in this time. I, you had Christianity say this, Christianity has its dark moments. You will have moments where you will feel like, man, you're, you're, you've been deserted or you've been uh, put out. You don't, you don't know what's going on. You, you, you just feel like your head is spinning, that you feel that your prayers are not even being answered. And it just snowballs. It starts to develop and it starts to get a little intense. And sometimes you even feel that you hear that little whispered voice tell you, nobody knows. Nobody cares. God's left you. God has forsaken you. And the enemy loves to come in and those opportunities that God is testing you and he begins to try to infiltrate into your mind. In this 23rd Psalm, David is speaking of a deep, dark valley. But valleys are not dead-end streets. Can I hear an amen? The disappointments, the frustrations, the discouragement. The dilemmas of life, although they are valleys, shouldn't be classified as a disaster. David even refers to them as a shadow. I want to bring out a few things to remember when you and I are walking through the valley. The great thing about leadership is, is, is that they've gone through it. And they're able to help you. Your leaders cannot lead you into somewhere they have never been. They cannot bring you to a place in victory having not experienced those difficult moments themselves. 
We cannot ride on the tails of our leaders. God has called them and has called you and I into a battle. And the battle is one on your knees. There is something very powerful when people start to come together and start to get a hold of God. When prayers start to go up before the throne of grace, things start to happen. And when things start to happen, you get ready because opposition is going to come. Opposition will always come when you're doing the right thing and at the right moment. You will feel like, man, you know what? Maybe if I don't rattle the cage, maybe if I don't poke the bear, I will be okay. Because, I mean, if you're like me, I don't like drama. I don't like conflict. I don't like, I don't like none of that stuff. But one thing I've learned over the course of the years is that when you're going to do the right thing for God, the enemy will oppose you. You might feel like, man, why are, why are my coworkers talking about me? Why, are, why am I the one that's always singled out? Why are things happening to me? Why is my car not starting? You ever, you ever have those moments? You know, everybody's got their little cup of coffee and their little, their little briefcase in their wallet, whistling to their car, and you're over here praying, dear God, Jesus, Lord, let it start, let it start. <laughs> I remember when I had my little green car. I know some of you guys are, man, poor pastor, man, let his car start. I remember one time I was coming to church, and I came to a stop sign, and one of the pulleys in my engine just started rolling off across the street. <laughs> I look at it, where'd that come from? And then I realized as I, the light turned green, I started, and all my radiator fluid started coming. I left a trail all the way to church down Crescent Boulevard, right into the parking lot. It died. I said, it's going to die anyway. I'm going to go to the men's discipleship, and I'm going to just get a hold of Jesus. I'll call AAA afterwards, and we'll take care of it. So a few things we remember when we walk through the valley. Verse 4, he says, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. The first thing that David acknowledges is that God is with him. Say this with me. You are not alone. God is with you. When you start to understand that, there is a, a confidence that comes over you. Not an arrogance, because there's a very thin line between confidence and arrogance. Goliath was overconfident in his ability and his strength, but David's confidence was in God. You are not alone with God. See, the shadows in your life are the evidence of the presence of light. How many know that you can't have a shadow unless you got a light? So when you're going through the shadow and when you're going through the valley, the light is behind you. You understand that God is shining upon you. And when you have that evidence, how do you deal with the shadow? You turn your back to the shadow and look into the light. You look right into it. See, we're going to all have those moments. And this, this, is the, this is the key here is that you know that God is with you. We've read it, we've, we, we've been, it's been embedded into our hearts that you are not alone. 
But those moments when you don't feel nothing, that's why it's preached that we do not walk by our feelings. Because how many know that your feelings will deceive you? Because there are moments you don't want to go to church. You don't want to smile. You don't want to read. You don't want to pray. You, those are your feelings. That's how you feel. Who here has ever woken up angry? Come on now. Right? You wake up, man, you're just, uh, and, and that's, that's, where, that's where our pastor says, man, when you wake up like that, you got to go straight to prayer. You got to make yourself a strong cup of coffee, and you need to just sit down and shut up. People say, well, you know what? God doesn't, God doesn't speak to me. God speaks to you. You need to open up your Bible. And if you want to hear an audible voice, read out loud. Jesus said in John 8, 12, he says, I am the light of the world. Follow me and you won't be walking in the dark. You will have the light that gives life. See, we walked in the dark too long. Too long. You tried it. You did your best. But it wasn't until you came to Jesus. It wasn't until you cried out to God and said, God, direct me. I asked you to come into my life and be my Lord and Savior. And then there was a light that was upon you and God started to shine upon you. God started to move things out of your way and make it clear to you that you had a purpose in life. So you call on the light. Bible says that, that God is a light and in him there is no darkness at all. See, you need to stop focusing on the things that scare you. This month, actually starting in October through the month of February, is the highest peak of depression. They record it. How do they record it? Because every time someone goes for a refill, it's documented. That's how the pharmaceutical companies know. That's when you'll start to see more commercials about depression and anxiety. If you're experiencing this and you're taking this, maybe you need to ask your doctor to add this to it. Before you know it, you were on one. Now you're on two pills. Now you're on three pills. Now you're on a pill for those three pills. Then you get a fourth pill for those three pills. Then you get a fifth pill for those four pills. And it doesn't stop. All you do is you take the edge off. Take this and you'll feel good. But once you peak, you will bottom out. I remember when I was taking calls on the pharmacy line, had a gentleman call, said, I'm trying to get a refill, but it's not available. When the pharmacy called me to clarify it, it was too soon. Why is it too soon? He was giving the medication to his dog. Your dog told you he was depressed. Veterinarians are now prescribing medications for dogs. Cats because of that. And it's like it doesn't stop. See, when you come to Jesus, he gives you a peace. Bible says that you might not understand it, but it's a peace. Have you ever had those moments, man, where chaos is all around you? But you just say, you know what, God, still my spirit. 
And the presence of God just comes upon you and you feel his presence. You feel his hand. And people might even look at you and say, like, mira, este loco, he's all calm over there. What's he on? <laughs> they don't know that you've tapped into the connection. You've tapped into Jesus. See, that peace cannot be bought. It cannot be passed down to you. You can't get the peace of God from your parents. Oh, your parents, my mom and dad are strong in the Lord. Where are you? God does not have grandchildren. My wife is on fire for God. Where are you? God does not have son-in-laws. He is your father or he's not. Plain and simple. That's the truth. How many here want to be slapped with the truth rather than kissed with a lie? See, in this day of time, you're going to start to hear the word of God come forward in truth. And decisions are made, uh, life-changing decisions where you say, you know what, I can no longer fool people. I can no longer fool because you look at, you've never fooled God. You might have fooled me. You might have fooled the people around you. But God sees the heart. God is looking at us and saying, you know what? I want to be the Lord and Savior of your life. Open up your heart and let me in. So we need to stop focusing on the things that scare you. When people tell me, man, I I feel tormented. Well, you know what? Stop watching those horror movies. (laughs) You open the portal to these things. I don't know what it is with this generation that they love to be scared. They love it. You pay big money to go get scared. You know that something's around that corner, but you walk around it very slowly, knowing that at some point someone's going to jump out and, ooh, scare me some more. So we stop focusing on those things. Parents. You can project your anxieties and your fears on your little ones. When you see little ones and they're bitting all the nails off of it because they see the mom, they see the dad. Worrying. Instead of saying, you know what, let's gather, let's pray. Let's bring worship into, around the table. Instead of projecting these things onto our children and they take it. And maybe that's why they're doing bad at school. Maybe that's why they have an upset stomach. Maybe that's why they're biting on their nails or pulling their hair. Those are the things that are projected down to the children when they look at the parent. Sit around the table and what about those bills, those fears, those worries, the stuff that keeps swirling around in our mind. My health, my age. I have people like, I'm ready to retire. I don't know what I'm going to do afterwards. I don't know what tomorrow. Look, none of us do. You could plan for the future so well, but God might take you tomorrow. We never know because it's not promised to us. That's what we say. Live each day to the fullest. Forgive, love. Man, you know what? Don't be holding on to things that are tearing you apart on the inside. That we just say, you know, release it to God. Fear will quench your faith. Fear can mean two things. You can face everything and run, or you can face everything and rise. F-E-A-R. See, fear has no place 
in your walk. It'll come knocking at the door, but we don't let it in. We don't let it in. We don't, we don't focus on those things. We just say, you know, the things that I cannot control, God, I'm going to give to you. I'm going to give it to you, God. I don't understand what, what's taking place, but God, I know you do. That's, that's the one thing that keeps me sane is that I know that God knows. I might not fully understand it, but I know that God knows my plan. He knows everything that is going to take place. And God, if that's your will, let it be done. Let it be done. You know what? We, we cannot no longer change and alter the things that God has in store for us. So we don't worry about those things. Move your focus off your fears so you can focus on the Father. Don't camp in the valley. The valley is not permanent. That's why David said, I walk through the valley. I'm not going to stay there. We're all going to have moments where they're not pleasant. We all have things. Some of us just hide it better than others. You know, everything is going wrong. And someone says, how are you doing? I'm doing okay. <laughs> no, really, how are you doing? You know, those, those are opportunities for you to open up to somebody. Now, I say this, use wisdom when you do that. You don't want to just open up to, you know, Brother La Opinion, that's going to go tell everybody. You know, Brother Telemundo, you know, you, you tell him and it's on Facebook. Be wise. Say, you know what, I'm, I, I want to, you know, when something's troubling you, don't hold on to it. Give it to God and seek out counsel from one of your ministers. We have plenty of people here in the house of God who have weathered storms, who have gone through things. Physical, spiritual, loss of a loved one. They've gone through these things. And they're able to help you and guide you. What got them through it, they're able to part that, impart that into you. So we don't camp in the valley. In the, in the Palestine winter months, back in David's day, shepherds would take the sheep down to the lowlands where there was more grass and it was warmer in the winter months. But once summer arrived and the temperatures start to rise, it was best for the sheep to, in the best interest to move to a higher ground. So they would go from the valley to the hills to the mountaintops. But this was, a, this was the plan. The only way to get the sheep from the low ground to the high ground was to go through the valley and the gorges that are common in the Palestine. In this psalm, David better translates the valley as a dark valley, a dark moment in his life. Now, if you've yet to experience that yet, it'll come. It's, it's, it's unavoidable. Christians will have their moments. You will, have, you will face various trials that will test your faith. And these are moments that we look at, and they're dark moments. But it is the trials in the life when a season, the shadows overtake the light. To fully understand what David is saying here, you have to go back to verses 1 and 3 of Psalms 23, and I'll read it. It says, The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul and he leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. 
I, did you catch it? The Lord is my shepherd. Here to ask you, Jesus is your savior. Is he your shepherd? We love the salvation that he has given us. We, we, we called on God and he, he saved our soul. But are you allowing him to be the shepherd in your life? Are you allowing him to bring you to that point in your walk with him that you're able to say, you know, God, I'm, I'm, I'm in a good place now where I can let these things go, give them to you so I can further my walk in the kingdom of God. You are my shepherd. So David here, he's, he's making that declaration that the Lord is my shepherd. He leads, will you follow? John 10, 27, turn there with me, please. John 10, verse 27, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me, and I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. The unique thing about the shepherds of old is that they led from the front. Where the shepherd went, the sheep followed. Modern-day shepherds now lead from behind. If you've ever seen a shepherd in an open field, the sheep could be spread out over five, ten acres, grazing on the land, doing what they do best. But when the shepherd calls, they all turn, and they turn towards that shepherd. Because they know his voice. Another shepherd could come and he could call on them and they won't come. Because their ear is trained to hear the voice of their shepherd. There are many voices that will be calling out to you. But are you hearing the right voice? Are you hearing what God is saying? See, every time when someone says they want to do something that, oh, man, I, I, I feel that God is leading me this way. Does it bring glory to God? Is it taking you away from God? But you don't understand. She looks like a Christian. I'll make her a Christian. I've heard, you, we've heard it all. <laughs> we've heard it all. You know, I remember this one uh, years back where she was trying to convince her leader that, you know, it was a good thing. Oh, but when he looks at me, it's just like I'm looking at the eyes of Jesus. <laughs> I just feel so safe and I feel, you know... Yeah. So that hickey on your neck, what is that supposed to signify? He wants you. He don't want God. See, righteous paths can still have valleys and shadows. He leads me in the path of righteousness. The Bible does not say count it all joy if you encounter trials. But count it all joy when you encounter trials. You will go through it. When? See, we all have those why moments. Have you ever had those why God this, why God that? 
Why do I got to go through that? God, why this? Why now? Why, why, why can't it be this way? See, wish is what is not the case. But I want to encourage you that Jesus will always be there for you in the when moments. You will always have those why moments. They will, they will come up out of nowhere. Like I said, you could be doing everything right and you will have that moment. But I love it in Isaiah 43. I love this. It says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overflow you. When you walk through the fire, you shall not be burned, nor shall you, the flames scorch you. See, for I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. See, when you are facing the hardest times in your life and the waters are fierce and they are rising, Jesus says, I am with you. I am with you. They shall not overflow you when your results are not what you and your doctor hold for. Jesus says, I am your comfort. I am your strength. I am your healer. See, oftentimes we listen to the wrong voices. We have to understand that, look at our strength, our power, everything that we have comes from God. You and I are nothing without Jesus. I can come up here and speak a message, but if I don't got the power of God behind it, it will go nowhere. It will fall down to the carpet. I rely on Jesus. I know that God has a word for I know that his word is anointing. I say, God, use me to deliver that word. Because there is somebody here tonight that you've been questioning yourself. You've been questioning, why is this happening to me? God says, I'm strengthening you. Don't give up. Hang in there. Stay in the fight. Move forward. Sometimes you just need to encourage yourself to get up. Don't stay in the valley too long. Don't camp out. Don't pitch a tent. Don't sit there and build a fire. Just say, you know what? I'm here temporarily. I'm here. Listen, God has you in a place right now. It's for a season. God is going to take you through it. Not, you look at it. Through it. Say through it. And I love it when he says, when you walk through the fire. He didn't say if you walk through the fire, but he says when you walk through the fire. Listen, you're going to go through the fire. Fire strengthens you. When you go through the fire, it burns the things off that need to be burned off. Man, don't you love the Holy Spirit? You ever hear people when they say something told me? Don't call him something. God told you don't go that way. God told you don't go out that day. God told you don't turn down that street. It's God that leads us, guides us, directs us every single day. Of the billions of people around the world, you are special to him. That where you say, God, hear my prayer, and he does. That is what I'm so amazed at, that I am important to God. You and I count to God. He has sealed you. A few things to remember about the valley. Valleys are impartial and inevitable and purposeful. There is a purpose for the valley. That's why David mentions in verse 3, he guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. The path of righteousness goes through the valley. You want to get there? Well, you got to come from here first. We all want to be right there. I do. I don't like it there. I definitely don't like it here, but I got to go through it to get to it. See, you might not be feeling it right now. 
You might be going through some things right now that you can't explain and you can't grasp or get a hold of, wrap your head around. But I want to encourage you this one thing. God knows exactly where you are. And your prayers are being heard. Your cries are being heard. God has not turned a deaf ear to you. But when you come into the presence of God, what you say, God, you are glorified. God, I count on you. This is a tough month. Some of us are going to miss some loved ones, and I understand that. I lost a nephew last year. I lost a niece the year before that in the holiday. And sometimes it's hard to gather around the family and feel that, but you know what? You bring joy. You have the presence of God with you. You can go there and just say, you know what? We're not going to stay here in the valley. Come on, we're going to play some worship music. We're going to come to church. We're going to tell people about Jesus. You don't understand when you go to those gatherings, there's somebody there that's going to listen. How many times me and my wife have gone to family functions only to lead someone to the Lord? Someone, let them talk about you. They're going to talk about you anyway. Who cares what they say? You did not care when they talked about you in the world. You even got your moniker through it. Psycho. Now you're, you, you know, they will talk. Let them talk. Let them talk. I say, you know, talk about me all that you please. I'll talk about you when I'm on my knees. That's it. That's it. Love them. Love them and just give them Jesus. Give them Jesus. The path is not, faith is not immune to the valleys. It is fueled by the valleys. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6 through 7, it says, In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been, grie- you have been grieved by various trials, so that the tested genuineness of your faith, more precious than gold, that perishes though it is tested by fire, may be found to result in praise and glory, honor and revelation of Jesus Christ. See, when you go through the fire, how many know that when you come out shining? After the biggest storms, the birds sing the loudest, if you've ever noticed. After the storm, after everything has cleared, you can just rejoice and praise God. Praise God, because guess what? A trial's coming around the corner. See, if you find yourself in the valley or maybe yet to experience that, I want you to take notes. For a few things that will help you. Stay close to the shepherd. Stay close. Stay connected to the shepherd. Connect with Jesus. See, this is all, this is all we have to build up our strength, to connect with God. You know how you freak out when you're down to one cell on your cell phone? You should be like that when you haven't prayed in a few days. Where you say, you know what, uh, I'm feeling anxious, I'm feeling overwhelmed, I'm feeling that, well, have you prayed? See, when you come into the presence of God, God starts to reveal things to you. God starts to smooth things out. But sometimes it takes some fighting on your knees. You could always lift up a prayer request, but are you praying? I remember once, man, God woke me. Have God ever woke you up at 2, 3 in the morning to pray for somebody? Well, when God wakes me up at the, in an hour like that, I'm going to wake up that person too. 
I remember I text this person like at four in the morning, and then he calls me up. He says, hey, don't ever text me that early, man. My phone wake, it woke me up. I said, well, God woke me up to pray for you. I'm waking you up to pray for you too. <laughs> the second thing, talk to the shepherd. Stay close to the shepherd, talk to the shepherd. See, when David got in the valley, he stopped talking about God and he started talking to God. Started talking to God. See, when David faced Goliath, he didn't speak of how big Goliath was, but what he spoke about how great his God was. See, if you notice the pronouns in Psalms 23, they change from the first three verses to the last three verses. Get this, he opens with, he leads, he guides, he restores, and David adjusts his language, and he says, for you are with me, your rod and staff comfort me. He takes place, and this takes place in the valley. See, David learned the value of crying out to God. Have you had that experience in your walk with God where you've had to cry out to God? See, some of us haven't been there yet. Some of you haven't faced those difficult moments in your life. Some of you have not faced that valley that will bring you to a point where you have to cry out to God. Sometimes you don't even have to have words where you could just get on your face and say, God. Sometimes I don't have nothing to say, but I'll just say over and over again, Jesus. 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 And then you start to feel the peace of God. And sometimes God will give you that revelation of what you need to do. See, it's in those moments where you're alone. And it's usually in those dark moments where God wants to interact with you and I. He learned the value to cry out to God. See, when you read the Psalms, you often come across David using the phrase, hear my cry, O God. Hear my cry. When was the last time we cried out and said, God, hear my cry. Hear my cry. You know, when I got that text this morning about Miss Louise, a few years back when her son had passed away, and they're in their 90s. She was 90, she would be 99, I think, next month. But she told me, I don't want to live to be 100. Why am I still here? Why did God take my sons and I'm still here? And she was just in a bad place. She was in the valley. And I remember when her husband came in and he brought her her coffee and we sat in that little back room and she just said, uh, if it wasn't for Jesus, I don't know where I would be. She said, 45 years ago, me and Willie came to Jesus. She goes, when I die, you will speak at my memorial. She didn't ask me if I was. She said, you will speak at my memorial. She says, and you tell my grandchildren that if they ever want to see me again, they must follow Jesus. The money, the, the, everything, all that means nothing 
when you come into a place where you just say, you know what, God, I'm before you. I'm before you. See, David knew that the God that gave him Goliath is the God that was going to see him through it. See, you and I, this, these moments, we need to be mindful of people, praying for people. If you don't see somebody, call them. Find out how they're doing. Say, you know what? I haven't seen you, brother, sister, in a minute. Man, how are you doing? Everything okay? Can I pray with you? And the last thing, keep walking. Keep walking. The word through, through the valley, speaks of moving forward. You're moving. You're walking through the valley. I love what Abraham Lincoln said. He says, I walk slowly, but I never walk backwards. See, it is in these moments, the place of shadows is not a permanent home. When the darkness closes in and you don't know what else to do or just take the next step, hold on for a little longer. Keep walking, even if it's with a limp. They're gonna have, you're going to have those moments where you don't feel like going forward. You don't feel like lifting your hands and praising but if I can encourage you, when you do, he'll touch you. This evening, I want to call out to anyone here who does not know Jesus. Or yet, you've walked away maybe. I know what that feels like. I know what it is. Have you, have you ever been lost as a child? How many remember Zodis? Nobody wants to admit to their age. <laughs> I remember when I got lost at Zodis, and it's this huge department store. And I remember, man, hearing that, well, the mother of Anthony Navarro, please come to the... And she didn't come. <laughs> I, why didn't you cuss? I wanted to finish my shopping. You got lost, I told you not. <laughs> But that sense, I remember sitting in that little pen right there with the Zodi cops, and I remember feeling like, man, you know, you feel like Joe Dirt, man, like mom left you there and took off. <laughs> but it's not a pleasant feeling. And I know what it's like to feel out of the presence of God. And if that's you here tonight, I want to let you know God loves you. He has never, ever took his eye off of you. Yet we walk away or things may have gone us to go sideways or we got off the course, whatever you want to call it. He wants you to come back home. So if that's you here this evening, I don't want to make a big old raise your hand. If that's you and you know it's you, I don't want you to feel ashamed or pressured or anything, but I want you to make your way forward. We want to pray with you. If that's you, I'm going to give you about 30 seconds to do so. I want us all to stand here this evening. And if that's you here, I want you to say you, to yourself, look, this is something that I need to do for me. Don't do it for your spouse, your girlfriend.